At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Okay, I'm gonna fly solo on this one. All right, and I'm going to take you through the steps of a service call that I go through, my approach to a service call. We did a podcast a few weeks ago with Greg Fox, and he kind of went through his steps. I'm going to go through my steps kind of from a, a technical standpoint on how I approach a service call from the get-go. Now, there are some steps that a seasoned technician sometimes can skip, sometimes, right? But... It's beneficial to go through the entire process from start to finish because that way you don't miss anything. So let's get to it right now, guys. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Now, this is going to be a quick podcast. We're not going to spend a lot of time on each step because I'm actually writing a long form article on this subject. And it's basically going to be quite a long article, but it's going to be a reference guide for anybody that is new to service or their learning service or if they just want a refresher. So I'll go through this stuff on the podcast quickly, each individual step that I would take on a service call, and we're not going to spend too much time on each one. So to get started, the first thing that you want to do is is gather information, as much information as possible. You're going to, and, and this includes customer communication as well, you're going to get a call from your dispatcher, get as much information from the dispatcher as you can, make, model, serial, how long the problem's been happening, um, is there any history on this equipment in in the the database for the company? Like how long have we been taking care of this? Stuff like that. All right, you can reach out to the customer. If some of those questions can't be a- answered, reach out to the customer because they're the ones that are experiencing the problem. Get it in their words. Sometimes the customer can't explain things properly. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they over-exaggerate. I know, but it's part of the story, the entire story of the service call from start to finish. And you need to get their side of things, right? We we take opinions and um, from all different angles, and we form our own opinion at the end of it. And one important thing that I will mention is if they have access to smart thermostat, um, trend logs, anything like that that can give you an indication of history of what's been happening prior, grab a hold of it because that can help, right? All of that information that is stored in a building automation system or a smart thermostat in the cloud or wherever they pull that info from. It's all going to help you on that service call. All right, step two is where your HVAC sense sort of kicks in. All right, you got to use your senses to get a feel for what's going on. Check out the space, right? Look for safety concerns within the space. Note them, right? 
it's very important if you're going to go into a space that has gas-fired equipment that you wear like a CO monitor or something like that. So you want to take a visual, like look at things, look at the ductwork if you can, look look at the, the motors, look at the wiring, just look for any signs of something that might be wrong, right? You go beyond visual, like you listen. Um, you're not going to taste, but you can smell. Yeah, you can touch things. Like if you go up to a motor, you touch it, it's smoking hot, like, hmm, there's a problem here. This is before you take your meter or your gauges out. You're going to use your senses to do an inspection of the area for safety concerns and an inspection of the equipment to see if you can point out anything that might be wrong before you start working. Like you might see a spade connector off a relay uh, that's just dangling there. Maybe it vibrated and it wasn't a tight connection at first and it's just hanging there. Well, that goes back on before you pull out your meter, before you pull out your gauges, before you pull out your manometer. So use your five senses. All right, so we're at info. All right, now we're at the senses. Now we're gonna move on to step three of the method. All right guys, summer's here, just quickly here. Refrigeration Technologies has an awesome product for the summer. We braze a lot in the summer. New compressors, line sets, faulty TX valves that don't need to be replaced, I'm just kidding. So Wet Rag is an awesome product to protect your devices from heat. It's like a putty, right? It's it's kind of water-based, actually. And you grab it, and what I do is I like to knead out the air bubbles inside of it, because when you do that, it sticks around the component a lot better, and it protects that component from getting any sort of damage from the torch. A lot of components are heat sensitive, like TX valves, reversing valves, and whatnot. Even filter dryers, I like to do it um, with a filter dryer, I like to use it because it protects the paint. You scorch that paint, that paint can start to chip off. And if that filter dryer is outside, guess what? It's going to start to rust eventually. And that's not good. It looks terrible. It can start to leak. So check out Viper Wet Rag. It's a completely awesome product. Yellow Jacket has introduced a new line of tools that connect to an app called the Y-Jack app. Basically, they are wireless tools. There's a digital uh, psychrometer, if you will, that measures temperature, humidity. There are strap-on temperature sensors. So you can use these in conjunction with your, your digital manifold, like your P51. Instead of using the clamp-on that plugs into the back of the, of the, of the manifold, you can use these strap-on sensors, strap onto the pipe, and they communicate wirelessly with, with the manifold. They've got the, the YJ path, Okay, basically the path helps you communicate further. Like if you're really far away or around the side of a building or something like that, you drop one of the, the YJ paths and that will, that will give you increased communication between the tool and between your mobile device. So it's pretty cool stuff. Check that stuff out from Yellow Jacket. It's, it's on their new products on their website at yellowjacket.com. Company Cam I've spoken about on the podcast basically you take some pictures of your projects they all end up in one spot for the entire team to check out all the comments and the progress of the job you can even let your customer in on it so the emails and the phone calls and the text messages the messages i can't say that word for some reason right now but it's it's to prevent all that stuff from flying around constantly everybody just 
goes and hangs out in the one spot and they can see the entire job from there company cam is the name of the app they have a free trial right now it's a 14 day free trial and i will leave the link in the podcast notes for you guys to go check out okay so step three we need to verify that we have proper power to the machine whatever that machine is whether it is a 100 ton chiller or it is a 50,000 BTU furnace we need to check for primary power first there's primary power and there's secondary power right to keep it simple primary power is the main power feeding the machine secondary power is your control voltage we need to verify both because if we don't have power guess what we're not going to do nothing we're not going to do anything nothing that we achieve or want to achieve with that machine is going to happen so we need to open up the panels right we need to check for primary power whatever that is if we don't have primary power we need to rectify that first do we have a trip breaker do we have blown fuses okay if you have a short within the unit that's caused that we need to find that first to find what the short was and then we we need to restore the primary power all right this gets way more in depth but these are just the general aspects of going through the service call so once you have that primary power there and once you've verified it we need to verify now secondary power or your control voltage right you go to that that terminal strip where the control voltage sits you check r to ground it's got 24 volts check R to common just um, for shits and giggles make sure it's you got that 24 volts there if you don't well we have to find out why do we have a control transformer that's dead do we have a, a control transformer that has a built-in breaker that's tripped perhaps whatever caused that breaker to trip whatever caused caused that transformer to die We need to find out what it was, rectify it before we can move on. Maybe it's just a loose connection, okay? But whatever it is, we need to find it and move on. So primary power, we got it. Secondary power or control voltage, we need that. Now kind of lumped in with this is, this could be a topic on its own, but I'm just gonna lump it in with this now. Once we verify the power is there, we need to look at what is controlling, controlling the unit. Okay, there's, there's many different kinds of controls out there nowadays, right? There's boiler controls, there's building automation systems, there's just regular old-fashioned thermostats, there's Wi-Fi thermostats. Whatever is controlling that unit, we need to find out what it is, and we need to find out if it's working. If it's not working, that needs to be replaced, or that needs to be rectified before we can move on to the next step. Now... Here's a tip for you. The wiring coming up to the whatever is controlling the system, let's let's keep it simple. Let's make it a thermostat. If we can pull that thermostat sub-base or pull the thermostat off and reveal the sub-base, we can bypass the thermostat by taking our jumper wires or their alligator clips and jumping out R to Y, for instance, if we want to bring on cooling. Now, if you do that and the cooling starts but it wasn't starting with the thermostat on, then most likely your thermostat has a problem. That's just a bit of a tip. Okay, so after we we have primary power, control voltage, we need to check that control system. What is controlling it? Is it working properly? 
If not, we need to rectify that problem before we can move on to the next step. Now, this next step is pretty important because I've seen a lot of people bypass this step. Just straight up bypass it. Just once that thermostat is calling, slap your gauges on and start diagnosing. Well, the problem with bypassing this step is that, and this this happened, uh, I put post a little video on on um, social media the other day about a frozen suction line and a lot of people will just go yeah it's short on gas start pounding the gas in well before we do that we need to check airflow do we have it i mean we can get pretty in-depth in the airflow topic like checking static pressure and checking uh, velocity in feet per minute and making sure everything's balanced um, i don't think we need to get in into into that kind of depth right now because it's just a general conversation on on the method of a service call but things like is the fan running is the fan running that is the most important thing is it running is it going in the right direction i've seen lots of fans running backwards over the years so make sure it's going in the right direction it's got to be running it's got to go it's got to be going in the right direction do we have any restrictions? Now, I guess this is where static comes in, right? Do we have any restrictions? Is the filter plugged up? Is the coil plugged up? Do we have diffusers or 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 takeoffs that are that are closed up? Do we have any of that stuff going on, right? We need to make sure that system is wide open. Um, we need to make sure that we have no restrictions. We need to make sure the fan is running and the fan is going in the right direction because if we don't have that fan running, it, it's not going to work. And on the flip side of that, if we're working on something like a chiller, it's, it's the same thing except we, we don't have a fan anymore. We've got a pump. We've got a pump that's pumping liquid, right? If that pump is not running pumping the liquid there's no heat exchange and that's what it's all about that that medium whatever it is air or liquid water glycol brine it needs to the system needs to have a medium for heat exchange and if that medium is not moving and it's stagnant we are not going to have the results that we want to get so that is our next step make sure that that medium whatever we're using to transfer heat is up and running whether it be a fan or a pump that is the next step okay so what we've done so far is very general and it's basically a must do before you get to to this real step of diagnosing what's going on with the unit i mean you need to talk to the customer you need to get that info you need to do a visual of safety and make sure that there's no weird sounds no weird smells going on that hvac six sense kicks in um, over time with experience but do your checks with your senses you need proper power you need proper primary and secondary power before you can move on you need that thermostat calling you need airflow or fluid flow whatever you may you may have a pump or a fan you need it properly flowing before we're going to have the proper heat exchange right with that medium now if that suction line is freezing up now you can shove your gauges on now you can check to see if your superheat and subcooling are telling you that it's a low charge or a plugged up metering device. Now you can put your manometer on that furnace and find out if it's cycling off on high limit. Why is it doing that? Maybe it's because the gas pressure is set too high. 
right? Maybe that there's a faulty gas valve causing the pressure to be high. There's all kinds of scenarios that we could go through as to what might be wrong at this point. But if you go through those first steps and you get to this point, you're on your way to successfully or closer to successfully diagnosing what the problem may be with that unit. Like I said, I'm going to be writing a long form article on this that can be used as a reference guide anytime you're out on a service call and hopefully have a a little video to go along with that article. It's just taking me some time because I'm super busy, but I wish you luck and all your service. Just be smart out there. Be safe. Okay. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.